We've seen it throughout history, whether it's colonizers or it was Nazis in Germany who described uh, you know, Jewish people as terrible threats, used white supremacist ideology to justify a campaign to systematically eliminate them. Peyton Gendron, a white 18-year-old, allegedly gunned down 10 people in Buffalo, New York on May 14th. Before the shooting, he had posted a document online fixating on the idea that non-white people would eventually replace white Americans, according to authorities. This attack is just the latest in a series of violent acts connected to each other by this conspiracy theory, known as replacement theory. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? This is Lou Ford here, back for another episode of Coffee in a Car Ride. It's my podcast. I drive around with a cup of coffee and rant about things, you know, that piss me off and all that current events stuff. And on this episode, I wanted to discuss something, something very important. That is, I wanted to discuss the rise of white supremacy violence and the interconnectivity of the hatred that is woven throughout the ideology. An ideology that, by the way, is complex and vast, weaving in many premises. Now, in the recent years, there's been a rise in hate crimes. It kind of seems almost like someone has injected prejudice with a mixture of steroids and crystal meth, screamed in its face, and then let it loose in a bouncy castle. But what has also come to the surface in these recent years has been this theory, this harebrained, dodgy idea that whites are being replaced through both immigration and birth rates. This conspiracy is called replacement theory. Replacement theory recently took center stage again when a white supremacist who shot up a grocery store in a black neighborhood in Buffalo, New York, mentioned it and used it as his main catalyst in his manifesto. The shooter mentioned this conspiracy and listed it as main reason for his acting. His reason for targeting blacks was his belief that they were part of a scheme to replace whites in America. Now let's be clear. There is some truth to that in as much as the demographics of our nation have changed and are changing. But the difference here is, is that that's circumstantial. Most people are coming to America for a variety of different reasons. And the birth rate in the U.S. is down due to many reasons as well. That is a reality. The scary thing about this resurgence in replacement theory, aka the Great Replacement as it's called, is that it is explained as being deliberately orchestrated by hidden evil forces that intend on committing genocide, white genocide, for their own benefits. As a result, that has created a panic, if you will. It has created an environment that appears to those who believe it to be one where a fight a raging assault is being committed by invaders on their identity and existence, the white identity. Those who promote it demand action of some sort. What this has led to is we have today a world where acts of, vi of political violence is an everyday thing that to some degree identifies what party you support. What this also leaves many with is the flabbergasted bewilderment at the ideas, the concepts that appear to be driving these incidents. And one thing that seems to be clear is the fact that these conspiracies aren't insane. They are more than just 
the angry ramblings of white men frightened by change. No, these are deep, stiff, rotting decays that are now obsessing at the surface. The truly sad thing about it is that these theories are being pushed to radicalize people, and they are not new. They are, old, they are age-old tropes that have been used throughout the centuries to create and ostracize the other. And what is even more telling is the typical scapegoats that have been used in these theories. What is now, and in most instances, has always been the scenario, is that someone, a group, and in this case a group of non-Christian whites, are acting behind the scenes in ways to wreak havoc on the good white Christian community. This group has always been the Jews. Jewish history is a history of unethical conduct. First, the Pharisees killed Jesus Christ, the only true son of God. Oh, boy. And isn't it true that the Jews put a secret sauce on their Rubens that is actually just Thousand Island? And who shot Gianni Versace? Was it a Jew? I don't know. It was in Miami. That's right. What has almost always been the case here and what is so telling is that no matter what the issue is, the hate always goes back and is woven in with anti-Semitism. Whether it be racism, immigration, the culture wars or political correctness, the same thing is always stirred into the malicious gumbo that is the Jews are behind the mayhem. Then around 1900, a new lie was promoted that Jews conspired to dominate the world using their money and intelligence to manipulate trusting Christians. Russian secret police forged a document to support the story of a takeover plot supposedly authored by a conference of Jewish leaders. A proven forgery, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, was nevertheless translated into every major language and distributed worldwide. It is circulated even today, despite indisputable proof that it is a fake. The idea of the Great Replacement is something that is built on the foundation of biblical hatred, a bedrock that has gone all the way back to the crucifixion of Jesus, if you believe in that kind of thing. It goes back to the Dark Ages, where when answers for the Black Plague were lavender-filled bird masks and bloodletting. Throughout the Middle Ages, Christians persecuted Jews. Portrayed as alien, Jews were regarded as usurers. It was said Jews poisoned the wells of Europe, causing the Black Plague. Illustrations depicted Jews as the devil, with horns and cloven feet, and showed them using the blood of Christian children in ritual sacrifices. These lies came to be taken as truth. It is something that led to the creation of ghettos. Yep. That's right. The places we now call the hood, they were originally places that Europeans shoved the Jews into. And now, they have universally become the places that all segregated people go. What that shows is that anti-Semitism isn't a hate that is worse or better than any other, but that it is pervasive. In other words, it's got legs and it knows how to use them. Historians of anti-Semitism have long argued that anti-Semitism, it begins with the Jews, but it never ends with the Jews. It transcends place. It transcends nationality. We can document anti-Semitic attacks through the Middle Ages, and we can document them certainly in the 20th century, and now we can document them in the 21st century. It has legs that I think other hatreds haven't had. 
Now, before we go any further, we're going to, to make a pit stop. So, stretch your legs, refill your travel mug. We'll go take a piss, and we'll be back on the road in a couple of minutes. While we have a moment, I just wanted to tell you that Coffee in a Car Ride is brought to you by Tap Water. Tap Water. For that yummy, delicious, and yet nutritionally essential drink, just turn on your kitchen faucet. Unless, of course, you live in Michigan. Tap water. It's minerally good. Now that we are back on the road, I'm sure many of you are saying, what does that, what does anti-Semitism have to do with things like the Buffalo shooting? That shooting was targeting blacks. What did it have to do with the shooting in El Paso that targeted immigrants? And to that, I will answer simply everything. When it comes to these conspiracies, they are all interwoven with anti-Jewish ideas. The El Paso shooter talked about his manifesto about how the Jews played a role in the invasion of the unwanted brown people. The Buffalo shooter went so far as to say in his 180-page manifesto that he was pushing aside dealing with the real people behind him the white genocide, the Jews, for another time because the dark-skinned breeders were a greater threat today for the white race. The fact is, is that this very influential conspiracy says that it all leads back to the Jews. And the sad, con- and the sad thing is that this concept is sadly factual and that it demonstrates that a lot of blame for a lot of things is laid at the feet of the Jews. In fact, let me propose a hypothetical, just a hypothetical to illustrate my point about how this form of hate is so pervasive. Maybe the best way to describe it is that anti-Semitism is a subway token that is used as an excuse to legitimize bigotry. Keep that in mind as, as I go over this hypothetical. Let's say, if you believe in him, that God has finally had enough of man's follies, he or she has seen the very worst, the darkest, the most horrible O.J. Simpson-esque underbelly of humanity. And so he decides to dish out the punishment that we as a species deserve. But this moral being that is God decides that it's best to do it on an individual basis and not give mankind the easy way out, like a quick flood or an asteroid strike. That's too good for us. So God comes down and begins the end. One day, God is striking mankind down at a Walmart. Walks past a wall of big screens, TVs. They're playing the Jewish movie director, Mel Brooks film, Blazing Saddles. God stops and is touched by this critique of the human condition. Qualifications? Arson, armed robbery, mayhem. Wait a moment. What have you got in your mouth? Nothing. Nothing, eh? Lyle. Gum. Chewing gum online, eh? I hope you brought enough for everybody. I didn't know there was gonna be so many. Boy, is he strict. Gotta get in there close and find out what's happening. There's our ticket. Hey, boys! 
Look what I got here. Hey, where are the white women at? And a single tear falls down his cheek. The all-powerful being, for the sake of this example, proclaims, Mr. Brooks, you are a saint. You have shown me that man is capable of good. Because of this wondrous work you have created, I have come to the realization that man does not deserve destruction, but a second chance. All of the tribes will become heavenly beings. Your species will enjoy all the pleasures of heaven and earth. You will all ascend, and it is all because of you, Mr. Brooks. And just like that, all of mankind has become angels. All because of a Jewish filmmaker's humorous anti-racist film. We would all no longer suffer the earthly pains as we do now. Regardless, as we rose towards the heavens, there would still be those people who would be looking and pointing and saying, See, I told you, it's all because of the Jews! The point that I'm getting at here is that anti-Semitism is used as a universal pass. It is an easy pass for other forms of hate. It is something that ties it all together nicely with a bow. It is the wrapping paper used to justify all those other bigotries. It is used to make the bullshit sound coherent and not at random, circumstantial. And it is catastrophic. It is important that we, as a nation, understand what it is because just like we need to understand our nation, America's racist past, we need to understand the common deceptiveness of the issue that is anti-Semitism so that we don't repeat history, fall for it, or create something worse. So with that, this is Lou Ford signing off, saying, put that in your coffee and drink it. Till next time, peace. Hey, and just to give credit where credit is due, the audio clips, the sound bites, they are from ABC News, United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, the classic, cult classic Mel Brooks film, Blazing Saddles, and last but certainly not least, American Dad. American Dad, one of the best damn cartoons around. Love it. And as always, if you liked or enjoyed this episode, then leave us a five-star rating, write a review, like it, follow us, subscribe. Show your support. And as always, you can find Coffee in a Car Ride on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Till next time, peace. Coffee in a Car Ride is brought to you by Anchor, the app that makes creating and distributing a podcast easy. And also by, of course, Coffee. Thanks for listening and all that. You know, uh, like, subscribe, you know, comment, whatever. And also, don't forget to uh, check out my blog, White Bicycle Review. It is whitebicyclereview.blogspot.com. Check that out, you know, to get more, to get some articles about politics and, uh, you know, other issues, other current issues and all that. 
know, check it out. And thank you again. Until next time, move forward. Hey, how you doing? What's up? What's up? This is Lou Ford here, and it's time for Coffee in a Car Ride. I'm in my ride. I got my Java in hand, and I'm ready to cruise. So pour yourself a cup, jump in the passenger seat, and come for a ride. It's Coffee in a Car Ride. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, you can now uh, hit me up on Twitter on my new account at coffee and a car R capital R one All right, so if you have any questions let me know you know comments anything hit me up there all right till next time <laughs>